You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage, go to the website builtforthestage.com and you'll be on your way with a seven-day free trial where you and I will work together using a Broadway client's previous program that I have implemented for an actor in the past. If you're looking to marry together your pursuit in theater with a pursuit of bettering your fitness, I am the trainer, I am the person for you. With uh, 14 years of training experience and being in the business for just as long, I have spent many, many hours configuring the way to make this thing work. So if you want to work with me, go for the stage.com. Thanks to BPN, Broadway Podcast Network, for producing the podcast. All right, special guest as always. Can't wait to have you meet the founder, creator of Broadway Up Close, you might be seeing tours walking around the city now that life is back. I don't know if it's back. It's partially back, fully back. Who knows if it's back. You might have seen uh, the shop up in Times Square on 45th, 46th in front of the uh, Levi's. But if you haven't, you need to go say hi. So please welcome and say hi to our guest, Tim Dolan. Hey, Tim. What up, Joe? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Uh, always been following along with what you've created. And as a fellow entrepreneur, uh, you know, amazing respect and inspiration from seeing you do your thing. And thank you for just, you know, we have tough days as entrepreneurs, right? So when you see yeah. others doing the thing, it just yeah. helps you continue to do the thing. So thank you. It is. It's a lot of it's a lot of things, as you say. Yeah, it's, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's no, it's uh, right back at you. It's it's really inspiring to see anyone else who takes an idea from nothing, turns it into something, makes a hat, the whole the whole musical theater reference and all that. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's let's rewind before Broadway up close happened. What what's your history in the theater business? What brought you eventually to this point? Start bring us to the beginning of of theater. Yeah, so I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, uh, or outside of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, 
I first exposed to theater in middle school, high school, seeing, you know, like everyone did the, the, the shows at your local high school, did the shows in my local high school. A voice teacher said, I think, you know, people do this professionally. If you play your cards right, I got into a musical theater conservatory called AMDA. Uh, they gave me some scholarship money. It got me right to New York City 10 days after high school. So that seemed daunting, but it seemed like an opportunity. And uh, I said to my parents, if this doesn't work out, I'll be an algebra two teacher. I like math. Uh, but let me go try this for two years. It's a two-year conservatory. It's singing, acting, dancing every day. Let me see if this works. And then um, if it doesn't work, I'll come home and be a math teacher. And they said, okay, sure. Sounds great. So I moved to New York City 10 days after high school, June 26, 2003. Um, I went to school uh, as as planned, two years. Finished school. Uh, my third audition, I booked a cruise ship. So I was on Norwegian Cruise Lines for six months, which is awesome. Uh, and then started doing shows. Uh in the middle of doing shows, you know, you have so much downtime, you have time where you're waiting for your next show to start, you can't book a show, you are doing the audition circuit, you know, there's uh, many reasons why we're, you know, out of work uh, very often. Um, in those in between times, I always worked at my college in their sheet music library. So I, uh, I cataloged their entire collection of sheet music, which is every single score and every single song basically ever written. So I developed this weird, insanely niche knowledge of sheet music and scores and keys and editions of shows and revivals of shows, shows I'd never heard of. And then when I eventually cataloged the entire thing, it was at the exact same time I was ending a, a run of a show I did called Alter Boys. I had done on tour. I did in California. I did the New York company. And at the same time that was ending, that chapter of my life was ending, this kind of other job was ending. And so I thought, well, what else do I do? I like talking. I have this weird knowledge. And so I, I said, I'll get a tour guide license and maybe I'll be a tour guide. And so I initially was going to just work on the double-decker buses, I think. I don't really know what I thought. But uh, I, I was talking to someone and he said, there's no tour of your industry. You know so much about your industry. Why don't you just do a tour of your industry? And uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I called my parents and I said, I think I'm going to start a tour of our industry. And they were like, you don't know anything about business. And I said, I know. I'm just going to act like I do. I'm a good, good enough actor. I've lived here at that point. I'd lived here for uh, eight, nine years. And so I said, okay, I'm going to, I'll just try it. And so I, I don't know. I don't know why any of us think that we have the courage or the risk to do it, but I just did it. And I started Broadway of Close 12 years ago. Uh, and that's really gets us to like day one of the start of my company. Amazing. All right, let's rewind. You have this. Okay. We all have these people in our journey. So like, Wow. Amazing. That person has to be very special to you. The one that said like, you need to do this. There's, there's no one else in the field doing this from that conversation until it happened, actually happened. How much time had passed? So from the moment that human says that to the moment I gave my first tour was, uh, it was a total of like eight months. Okay. So it's the question of how do you start a business? What do you need to start a business? Uh, I, again, I like math. So I was like money and math are all tied in. So like, do you set up a bank account? So I literally went to Chase in Times Square and was like, I think I'm going to start a business. What do I need? And they were like, set up this doing business as you're just, you know, so they kind of walk me through the different, you know, entities, sole prop versus LLC versus S core. I mean, all the stuff that like, who cares, but I was fascinated by, I knew nothing about. So I set up the business structure 
I, my idea was at the end of every tour, you should take a picture of someone. So then you can put it on social media and say, I took this really nice picture of you for free. Why don't you repost it and share it? So I bought a $600 DSLR camera and learned and taught myself photography so I could take a photo that was better than a, you know, a primitive at that time, primitive iPhone uh, photo. So that worked. And then I had to build the research for the tour. So I read, you know, as much as I can get my hands on and kind of just put a basic structure together. And then as if there wasn't any more evidence, the first tour I ever did that I didn't know what I was doing, I decided to do a tour of every theater in one tour. So the first time I ever did it, it was seven and a half hours long. <laughs> and my friend, God bless him, Corey, he said, it's good. It's good. It's, I think, just shorter. I think shorter. Um, so we've shortened it. Thank God. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, why? Why was that? Why was that my idea? I know. We'll just give them it all in one tour. Hey, I mean, these are, not, these, are yeah, the, yeah. these are the lessons you have to learn. Uh, right. Let's let's rewind to you walking into the Chase Bank, just saying, like, what do I need? I think the things that you're not interested in or the things that aren't as sexy or whatever is what holds people back. I think the most when they have this idea or they have this passion and then they realize that there's like these other little like cracks and and holes in the wall that you have to go through to make this thing actually happen. And that kind of just derails them altogether. What was it about? What, what was it about the the passion or discovery or your inspiration to do these tours that got you to do the stuff that wasn't as fun you know yeah it i think for a lot of people they would probably say it's not very fun i actually kind of i i enjoyed it i but to me the way through it all because whether whether you enjoy it or not it's still a world that you don't know anything about like you don't know what are the steps yeah. So even if I'm enjoying it and it's fun, discovering it all, you still don't know, which I think is why a lot of people don't, especially artists, don't initially start and launch an idea because it's daunting to go, well, what are the steps? And so it became this game of what are the steps? I mean, I, I, I still remember the day I went down to the city courthouse downtown, a part of the city I never go to because it's not Times Square. And I, I went in and I said, okay, I read online that I'm supposed to go to room, this room, but on the way in, I have to buy for $2 this thing from the front vendor guy in the front window. And they said, yeah, you buy that from that guy who also sells hot dogs or something like, you know, gum. And then you go to this room and then you go from that room and then you have to go to this room. And I thought that's real. It's real. I found some website that told me that this is how you do it in New York City. And then I got there and I was like, it's real. It's all real. There's like a little guy who sells gum and the certificate you need to get in there. I was like, what is this? And so to me, it was like, in a way, it was a treasure hunt. It was like a scavenger hunt of like, what? no wonder no one starts a business. This is insane. But also that vendor who sells gum has cornered the market uh, on small business owners in your right. Um, So God bless him. But um, smarter than all of us. But to me, it's the nuts and bolts of it. It was this little mini checklist that I, and I still do it every day, 12 years later, which is do something for your business every day. And so in the beginning, it's like this, this little checklist of, okay, get the, get the thing, get the, this, get the credit card, do the research, buy the camera. And then in theory, once you've knocked out those first 10 things, then you have, then you have to build the product. 
And so, you know, you, you're building this initial product that you know isn't going to be the end product, but it has to be good enough to be an initial project, a product. Yeah. And so to me, a lot of people would say it's unsexy. It's not very fun. But I thought the little guy selling gum is, <laughs> right. this is wrong to say, is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. But it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it was fun. I think. Yeah. All right. Let me reframe that. Let me reframe. What, what are a few <laughs> sure. things, what are a few things that are a part of your business that you do not enjoy, but you have to do them? Yeah, let's, sure. Let's talk about all that. There's a whole list. Uh, taxes, ah. you got to do them, but I hate them. Yeah. Uh, now I have a gift shop, so you have to do sales tax, um, insurance, all of the nuts and bolts of insurance and workers comp and payroll insurance and disability insurance. Um, all of the like nuts and bolts of all of the back end. If I wasn't going to be an actor, I was going to be a math teacher. So it's, I like it. It's fascinating, but I don't enjoy it. If you're able to like something and not enjoy it, if that's possible. Uh, so all of the structure things behind the scenes where it feels like just everyone's taking your money and you just don't know where it's all going. All of those things I really, I, I don't enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but accounting, right. I like to, I like bookkeeping. I like accounting. That's my algebra and that's my math coming in. So I, I like all that. Most people hate that, but I like, uh, th that thing, th that stuff that people don't like, I do like. Okay. Let's, all right. I'm, I'm going to pull this out of you. I'm going to get it out of you somehow. So what, give, give me as an entrepreneur, as an actor or a performer, we've all been there. We're like, you're sitting there, your face is in the palms of your hands and you're like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. When, when was a moment like that for you and how did you overcome it? Because sitting here, wow, I feel like I have that moment every day. So yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I think the moments always, once you grow, there's a song I'm sure that's called more money, more problems. And it's, as you grow all of it, it's different every day. I feel like if you ask my staff, like three times every week, my, my palm is in, my face is in my palms going, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I think, you know, there's been of course some big ones along the way, which is six months in where you've had three tours because you know you build a website but it's not really catching on like you thought and you don't really know enough about marketing but you don't want to spend a lot of money on marketing because you know a, a broadway tour most people would say what even is that are you gonna are we going inside and initially now we have an interior tour but initially you didn't well okay so what are you going to talk about and you're like we're going to talk about everything the money the finances the the architecture the social aspect the ghost stories i mean we're going to talk about everything and you really just people, you had to really convince people that it was just going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I mean, it's the worst marketing strategy. Just trust me. Just trust me. It'll be worth it. And so there's many, there's been many times where you're like, people just, it's so hard to market. It's so hard to get the message out of what it is. Everything is so expensive when it comes to traditional marketing. And so what forms of grill marketing work? And I, I, I 12 years later, I still, you know, I, I'm better. But I still, there's many times where I think, God, this should be easier. This should be so much easier. Yeah, the, the game keeps changing, especially with yes. social media and algorithms and yada, yada, yada. It's yes. like, oh, the thing that I crushed on two years ago now has no traction whatsoever. Correct. Uh, I love what you said about the, the six months of like, I had the idea. I thought this was going to go a lot better than it did. It's really not because as a performer or even in your fitness journey, 
you make the plunge, you go to New York City, you're going to do the thing, you studied musical theater, and then you're there for six months, and you've gotten no after no after no, and all you're doing is, I don't know, you're serving job, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Or you're yeah. at the gym, and you're six months in, and you're like, wow, I feel like nothing, I haven't accomplished anything. Maybe because you're going about it the wrong way, you don't have the coach, like go for the stage or whatever, but you know, that's beside the point. But yeah. What part of the six-month journey or just after it, what was that glimmer of light for you? What happened that made you say, like, wait, there, no, we ha- there, the snowball is growing and this momentum is going to carry us down this hill. What was that turning point for you? Yeah, we got a, uh, our first like couple great reviews. And as actors and, and theater people, reviews are, you know, it's like this necessary evil in our lives where everyone says they don't read it, but you know, everyone reads them. And so it's, if you're going to take the good, you got to take the bad. There's all this, but we got some very good reviews online on TripAdvisor. And I thought, oh, okay. So I'm not insane. And I remember, I'll never forget it. The end of the first month, I was making my first cash deposit of $327. And I called my mom and I said, can you believe I made $327 on this idea I had talking about theater on a sidewalk? And she was like, that's incredible. That's incredible. And now I laugh because I'm like $327, you know, it, the world has changed. The, the, it's just, you know, it's just everything is different. I mean, I still love $327, but it's just different. And so there's these moments I, I, as an actor, I still perform as a business owner where you're in it every single day. It's there's so, I don't know. I think everyone, uh, what am I trying to say? Everyone thinks owning your own business and, and living your dream job and being a performer is, uh, you know, you work hard, you work hard. And then there's this kind of breakthrough moment, but I, I don't think it's ever what it is in performing. I probably fitness, uh, and, and certain entrepreneurship. I mean, it's, it's constant nose, it's constant battles, it's constant obstacles. And hopefully it's constant reminders that you are on the right path, even if it's hard. And you just have to, I think, I mean, I'm Irish, so it's, I'm an eternal optimist, but it's finding the things amid the obstacles and amid the insanity. It's finding those little yeses whatever they are, whether it's one review on TripAdvisor, whether it's one callback that someone was like, you know, you're not right for this, but like, keep going, don't stop, don't stop. And I think it's so easy to see the negative. It's why we all remember our bad reviews instead of our good reviews. It's hard, we're hardwired to remember the negative, but as you're building anything, it can't be the negative. I mean, you're trying to build something that's so positive and so forward momentum that if you're constantly thinking of the negative, inevitably it will bleed into everything you do. And so I think it's one review. I think it's one person saying, I saw you on social media and I love that. I, I, I saw you in an audition and damn, I can't believe I've seen you at four auditions this week and you just keep showing up and I didn't want to come, but there you were. And so I just think it's finding, you know, whatever those little things are to admit it all because it doesn't get, it's not easy. You want, you're living your dream. You want to live your dream. You want to pursue, you want someone to pay you to sing and dance for a living and clap at the end of your job every night. Of course, everyone wants to do it. Who wouldn't want that to be their job? But in order to, for that to be your job, because it's a dream job, it comes with the, a crazy price tag and a crazy amount of work that I think most people don't want to put in. But if you're going to put in the work, you just have to find the good amid the work. 
just going to leave that bit of silence there for the listeners to hopefully let that sink in. Let me just, sure. let me just write down that timestamp so I make sure that we highlight the SHIT out of that. That's the thing, my friend. Like, yo, what you want to do is amazing. So everyone wants to do what is amazing. Yes. It's not going to be easy. You, no. I, say, I say it on the podcast a thousand times. You can't just like the idea of it. You have to be willing to take in everything that comes with it. And what yes. comes with it is what you just said, the no's, the trials, the hardships. It's not roll the carpet out and hello world, here I am. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's so hard to, it's so hard. And it's, yeah. I mean, I, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner for the last really 10 years of my life, I wake up every day. I make my schedule every day. I mean, if I'm in a show, sure, someone else makes my schedule. But but again, in order to achieve that, you have to work your ass off. And if you ask any one of my staff, they would say, Tim's schedule is insane and probably works harder than all of us combined. And it is not because that is an ego trip for me. It is I, and to achieve anything and to make it happen. There is so much that people don't see behind the scenes. And you just have to keep going. Even if no one is cheering you on in the moment, you have to be your own cheerleader. Sounds so stupid, but you have to be your own yes man. You have to be, you have to find the good in the world amid wars and pandemic and insanity and chaos and Roe v. Wade. I mean, you could throw everything into the mix. And why would you ever get out of bed? But you get out of bed because you want to pursue a life that you want to pursue with an idea that you have. You're going to work your ass off every day. And you're going to show up and you have to show up. It, it, yeah. If you're going to take the, the good, you have to take the bad and throw it all together and hope that there's more good than bad. Okay. Amazing. All right. Let's, let's take a breather and let's take a turn to when the tour also turns into the shop, the merchandise. How do you say, how do you segue into that? I have an idea, but like, I'd like to hear, you know, obviously that's why you're here. Tell us the story. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm, I was in business at that point for uh, maybe seven years, seven or eight years, maybe seven or eight years. And uh, there's these little uh, gift, sh uh, not gift shops, little um, kiosks, these freestanding little things that started popping up around Times Square, most of them for food, kitchens, hot dogs. One was an empanada guy, uh, <clears throat> Maine's lobster or whatever, cousin's Maine lobster. And one day walking through, I said, God, I would love to have 80 square feet of a little shop. And I thought, I don't even, it's not a gift shop. It is a walk-up kiosk and we give you information about Broadway and we sell our tours. I planted the seed with, uh, I found the company that owns these and I planted the seed and they were like, we don't know who you are. And you're like a little child in a green shirt, go away. Okay. But I planted enough of a seed with one woman on the team that months later on the closing night of an out of town, I was doing arsenic and old lace out of town in Michigan. And on our closing night, I got an email that says they're accepting proposals for one of them. I remembered you because you were so weirdly passionate about wanting one of these. And there's one that's going to be way too big for you, but you should at least throw your hat into the ring. So I put together the sexiest proposal you've ever seen in your entire life. I said, I'm not going to let this chance go. I'm going to spend a lot of graphic design money on making something that is my if you were to give me this, this is what I do. And it landed on their desk and they said, we have no idea who you are, but what is this thing you have put together? We just want to meet you. We think it's a no, but we want to meet you. 
And so I came into this meeting knowing that it's probably a no. And at the end of the meeting, they were like, it's definitely a no for that one, but there's another one that's like the smaller one that's not as great. We think you should just have it. We are very impressed. You have more energy than we've ever met. Um, you can have it. There, are, of course, financial, all of that. We'll figure that out, but it's yours. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I've got it. I got the structure. I now have 80 square feet in the middle of the most insane place in the entire globe. Great. I don't know anything about creating a shop. I have to outfit it. I have to build a marquee. I had this vision of this Broadway sign in order to fund that. I'm, I'm Everything has been self-funded from, you know, we just cycle everything in. Uh, it's just a constant feeding of you know, growing and profiting and refilling and whatever. And so I, I bootstrap and pay for everything myself. And I got a price for the building, the sign, and it was the price of a small car. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's not what I was expecting, but <laughs> I'm into it. I'm just going to pay it and I'll make more money later or whatever. So I spend a ridiculous amount of money building the shop and I open it and we, and we had a couple t-shirts and we had some postcards. And I think we sold two tours the first day and, and three t-shirts. And I was like, okay, all right, not enough to pay the payroll, but we're just, it's day one. Day two, it rained and we sold nothing. And I was like, it rained. I'll find any excuse why I didn't sell a t-shirt that day. And then day three, day four, day five, day six, we sold three t-shirts over four days. And I said, oh no. People don't go to Times Square for tours. I have known this, but I thought, well, if I have a shop, they'll obviously see my shop and sign and go, well, we're here for this tour that we didn't plan on taking. And here's all of our money and we don't know what it is. So before pivots were even cool, <clears throat> I looked at my staff and said, oh, I'm going to lose a lot of money right now. And I refuse to, I will not give in. I will not give in. I got what I wanted. I got my dream. My dream has turned out to be slightly a nightmare in this moment, but I refuse, I'm not giving it up. So we're turning it into a gift shop. I don't know anything about that, but I'm going to de develop an entire line of merchandise based on our Broadway sign and my love of this industry. <clears throat> so then I had to learn how to manufacture and textiles and, and work with vendors and figure out what people like, what they don't like. And so then we got to a place March, uh, March 9th, 2020, I got in all of my shipment of all of our new stuff into my apartment because I didn't have an office at that point. And my entire guest room is filled. I, sh I joke you not. I shit you not. Shit all you the not. way to the top of my guest room. And then at the same time, of course, we know how it's going to go three days later. And then three days later is the global pandemic. And I'm looking at my guest room. I, I didn't, I, I honestly didn't, I, it, there's no, it wasn't shock. It wasn't mental breakdown. It was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what? Okay. So what, what do you, what now what? So then with four, within four days, the gift shop closes, uh, you know, for four days it was like hand sanitizer. That'll do it. Just make sure you wash your hands. You'll be fine. Mask weren't even thought of yet. And then by the end of that first weekend, uh, the gift shop was closed. I was leaving to do show a show 10 days later. That was canceled. Uh, every single tour canceled for the first two months. Uh, and um, I went home and said, everything I've worked for and everything I fought for in this pivot that I got through, and this is how it's going to end. 
And there was no, I mean, there's no, how do you continue on? It's like, well, what do you mean? They're setting up tents in Central Park of dead bodies and, and, and ships, emergency ships are coming down the Hudson to like save us. And I'm over here looking at a piles of sweatshirts going, what am I doing with my life? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right. And so so then you refund all the money and you go, okay, well, I still have some money left. I still have a gift shop somewhere in Times Square. I got to sell these sweatshirts somehow. I guess I'll sell them online. So I, I turned it more into an e-commerce store. Uh, Playbill called and said, can you do virtual tours? I said, it'll never work, but we'll try it. It ended up working. Thank God Playbill called. We did virtual tours and then I'm insane. I bought machinery uh, in April, 2020. I bought machinery that cuts and, and engraves wood. And I set up a factory literally in my living room and I handmade picture frames and all these other ideas I had. And I built a factory in my living room. And so I started becoming known for the dude who makes these weird <laughs> niche Broadway things. And I said, if this pandemic ever ends and we reopen, our gift shop is going to be chock full of handmade stuff that is celebrating our love for the industry and everything will be unique and custom. And if we make it through, we'll be doing something really interesting on the other side. So what I'm taking from all this is like, if you can be resilient enough through the trials and keep going, they ultimately, like we always hear First off, I love a cliche statement because it's the cliche statements are the most true of statements. The yeah. iron sharpens iron, the pressure under uh, makes the diamond, all those things. Like if you didn't keep going after the first hiccup, the second hiccup, the third hiccup, meaning, you know, the, the, the tours weren't selling the first six months, then you got the shop and no one was buying. And then you did the gift shop, then the pandemic, then the online store, you turn like, if you didn't keep doing this, all of this stuff, you basically were developing many tiers to your business that probably now suit you so well, but maybe never would have happened unless the trials happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, called my parents one day and said about a year and a year into the pandemic, I said, this pandemic is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me because I didn't stop. Yeah. And they said, yeah, "Yeah, you just wake up every day. And I don't, why we, none of us really understand it, but they said, everyone else is curled up into a ball and you've decided to expand. I mean, I remember the the day I called my parents and said, I'm going to buy this machinery. And they were like, what do you, what? And I was like, I know, I just, I have some time. And so I, I don't know. I feel like I've got this time. And so I'm just going to keep going. And I think if you want any, I don't know, it sounds so stupid. It sounds so silly, but if you want anything bad enough, you'll figure out a way to make it work. And every, and everything that goes into it is what goes into it. But it, I don't, I, I, I get weirdly emotional about it, but it's it, anyone that wants anything, whether it's fitness, it's, it's, uh, a healthy life, it's it's Broadway, whatever, it's a it's a great career, it's a business, whatever whatever it is, if you want it bad enough, you're going to figure out a way to do it. So figure out a way to do it. Go to the vendor, buy the stick of gum and the weird certificate in the courthouse and start. Yeah. All right, perfect. It. Perfect. 
All right, so the the shop is located in Times Square on 45th and 46th in front of Levi's, correct? Yep, yep. And then as far as the, the tours go, we go to the website to book that? Broadway. Yeah, broadwayofclose.com yep, is our uh, is our umbrella of everything, of tours and things. Oh, that original seven-hour tour, I broke up into multiple tours thing. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so now it's only an hour and 45 a tour instead of seven and a half. Uh, so we have three main tours in Times Square. We have our Hamilton tour, which is all the sites of Hamilton, the musical downtown. My loved ones created the musical, and I watched it all from my couch. So it's all of my stories of experiencing it being built uh, in the actual spots where it happened. Our ghost light tour, which is the haunted theaters, and then our Hudson theater tour, which is the oldest Broadway theater. Um, I somehow convinced uh, Ambassador Theater Group to give me the keys to the theater uh, to let us do interior tours. And they said, you're weird, strange, and passionate. And we think the answer is yes. And so they, uh, so as of 2019, right before the pandemic, we opened our first interior tour, which I'm, I'm hoping is the first of many. Amazing. Hey, congratulations. Is this my favorite Bill for the Sage podcast episode ever? It might be. <laughs> Do you say be. that every time? <laughs> Is that your final tagline on everyone? No. If you want to go back and listen to all 160-some episodes, you will not hear that. You will not hear it. Congrats, I, man. Obviously, well, no. Congrats to you. It, it, it just, the story hits home with me, you know? It hits home. And I think anyone that's listening that's maybe not an entrepreneur, but you're an actor or you're an artist, which actually means you're an entrepreneur because you yourself right. is your own business. Um yeah. You can't not relate to this. So thank you for sh sharing your story and, and amazing kudos to you for just being resilient and keeping moving forward. Thank you. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. All right, everyone. That was Tim Dolan from Broadway Up Close. Uh, if you want to check out anything that Broadway Up Close has to provide, website, Instagram handle, more details about the business, you can check that out in the description of this episode. Once again, I'm Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage. If you want to try that pre-trial, go to builtforthestage.com. Actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.